There was some weekend fun in the sun in College Station. All that and more on this episode of the Locked On Aggies podcast. You are Locked On Aggies, your daily podcast on the Texas A&M Aggies. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Locked On Aggies podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I am your host, Joey Ikes. Thanks for making Locked On Aggies your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcast. And I'd like to thank LinkedIn Jobs for being the official college football recruiting sponsor across the Locked On College Network. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right candidates to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college. Terms and conditions apply. And I am ecstatic today to be joined by John Garcia, who is the recruiting aficionado at Sports Illustrated. John, thank you so much for joining us. A lot to talk about this week, huh? Yeah, uh, great timing to talk, Aggies. Uh, It's it's taken a little bit of time here, but this class is uh, is red hot right now, finally. And you could kind of see this thing just staying on this wavelength for quite some time. That's that's what we saw. Uh, around this time last year and obviously we know how that one played out probably not going to be the same deal at the <laughs> end uh, with the number next to your name but obviously improving the standing is is the goal right now and the Aggies are doing just that yeah absolutely so as, as you most of my listeners will know this past weekend was the 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 ever famous Texas A&M Aggies recruiting pool party and barbecue where coach Terry Price just throws down on the smokers for a few hours and everybody has a blast it's a huge event every year, um, and every year there's a few guys who who make commitments at this event and some other guys who come into town. So just, um, you know, the, the headliner of the event actually happens, you know, before the party even starts, and that's uh, Denton Ryan linebacker Anthony Hill, one of the top prospects in the state of Texas, uh, decides to make a commitment to A&M there even before the party starts, before we get going. Talk to me a little bit about Anthony and and what he's going to bring to the A&M program and and just anything you know about his about his recruitment. Well, before before we get into his game, you know that that was not by accident. Right. I mean, the the timing of these commitments has become business in and of itself. Uh, So I do think that was certainly by design. And no matter how you get an Anthony Hill, it's a big deal. I mean, I think that's really where the conversation should go. Uh, This is just a complete balanced controlled alpha on the football field. And those are not traits we often put together, right? Usually if we're talking about those dynamic players, they're kind of loose cannons, reckless abandon for their body, all these cliches that we throw out in the evaluation business. But with Anthony, it's so much more controlled. It's so much more within his own confines that it projects a higher football IQ and and really presents this three down ability to where he can help you on every down and distance, regardless of the situation, regardless of personnel. Uh, And it also kind of gives you the benefit of the doubt with him in that he can handle it. You know, he can handle moving around the second level if you need him to from classic middle linebacker to the strong side type that's going to help reroute tight ends in the passing game. Anything in that spectrum, I think Anthony can do uh, with, with great success. I mean, he obviously plays a Denton Ryan, like you said, just, a ton of high-level competition. So that question is well out the window if there's a counterpoint being built there. So just 
again, as, as controlled and almost safe, you know, safe is like a bad word. It's like game manager for quarterbacks, but that's kind of the goal, right? You know, you want a high floor player who's going to make an impact. And that's exactly what Anthony Hill is. The production, the size, the speed, the athleticism, the IQ, the playmaking ability and three down ability, I just think makes him one of the most complete football players, not just linebackers in this class. So to say it's a big get would, would be a pretty big understatement. Yeah, I know. I know A&M fans, from our perspective, it's almost a big sigh of relief. This sort of high level, five star elite level linebacker recruit has almost been our kryptonite for the last several years in recruiting. You know, there's one there's a couple of them every year and we're in on them every year and then we'll miss out and they'll go somewhere else. And so it was almost this big sigh of relief to finally land one of these guys. And a lot of the conversation in A&M circles is look at this defensive line that we're building. Like Linebackers should be dying to play behind this defensive line. And I think I think Anthony Hill's commitment sort of showed that uh, that feeling is starting to to permeate itself through the through the recruiting cycle as well. Uh, the 100%. next guy, yeah, yeah, the next guy who sort of who committed, not sort of committed, but did commit to A and M, uh, is a lot smaller smaller school of a prospect, but still a big time guy. And that's uh, Shiner High School athlete. I think A and M's looking at him as a safety, I believe. Dalton Brooks. So tell me what you know about Dalton. Uh, tell AM fans what they can expect from him over the course of his career. Well, he does everything for Shiner, and I think that's what makes him so intriguing, right? He's a running back, receiver, DB, linebacker at times. I'm going I'm to just read uh, the stats that he tweeted uh, about his junior season because it is well, – I don't have I don't have it queued up. I should have played that better. But he, he, does, he does everything. I mean, it's really no other way to put it. You know, wherever he is on the field, he's the best player. Um, and I think that is something that uh, should be shown when there is a question of competition. So like you said, kind of the opposite of the Anthony Hill where you're like, I know what I'm getting here. Maybe not the same uh, when it comes to Dalton, but the same type of impact. You should dominate when it is lower level competition. And I think that's what we see with Brooks uh, pretty much no matter where he's lined up. I do agree that defense is a little bit more natural for him. He is He's a decisive, instinctive player, so it flashes a little bit more on that side of the ball because he could read and react and go right now, as opposed to on offense where he's still great and dynamic, but it's there's a little bit of a gather there. It has to work up just a little bit more to get to that wow level. So I do think that position projection makes a lot of sense, and I think AM racking up future defenders makes a lot of sense that you know i know there's been this worry around AM fans because number one class last year slow start this year that worry should never really be on defense to me that worry should always lie on the offensive side of the ball who's going to be the quarterback after eli holstein decommits you know who's going to flank him at, at wide receiver you know losing to jonte cook and all that kind of stuff that's where the worry is probably warranted but defense, and, and I know we'll talk about O-line, defense and O-line, there shouldn't be a whole lot of worry there from a perceptive standpoint on August 1st. I think later in the cycle, sure, maybe you get worried if you want, but there was never a doubt that AM was going to be able to, to put together legitimate high-end SEC-type players that are ready to come in and compete early. And I think I think Dalton is, is as intriguing as any because there's there's a position positionlessness, try to say that again, to him <laughs> that that just makes him so valuable because if it doesn't work out at safety he can go to nickel if it doesn't work out at nickel he can go to running back if it doesn't work out at running back he could probably chip his hand at receiver i mean it's quite the um backup plan built-in backup plan positionally when, when he makes that transition to college station so fascinating now to see where they project him and it'll, of course be fascinating to follow up and see how he does as a freshman 
So I, I did a little bit of efforting during your answer there. And um, according to uh, one of the websites out there, um, 1,003 yards rushing on 130 carries, so a little over 7.5 yards per carry with 10 touchdowns, 317 receiving yards and four more touchdowns, so a little over 1,300 total yards and 14 touchdowns, combined with, I think, 55 total tackles, a sack, and two interceptions, uh, along with eight passes defended as a junior at Shiner. So not Beautiful. too bad, not too bad from Dalton Brooks, like you said, a guy who does everything. Um Real quick, before we get into the, the rest of the weekend and some more questions for John, um, as you gear up for fall, you need the right people on your team to help your small business fire on all cylinders. LinkedIn Jobs is here to make it easier to find the people you want to talk to faster and for free. Um, I know I personally, at least the last two or three jobs that I have gotten, um, I have gotten through LinkedIn through either a referral there or just applying through LinkedIn Jobs. So create a free job post in minutes on LinkedIn jobs to reach your network and beyond over 810 million people on LinkedIn. Add your job and the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. It's why small businesses rank LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn jobs helps you find a con the candidates you want to talk to faster did you know every week nearly 40 million job seekers visit LinkedIn? Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on college. That's linkedin.com slash locked on college. Terms and conditions may apply. All right, so we covered the two 2023 commits, um, and there was a, a 2024 commit also, Dalen Evans. We'll, we, maybe we'll get into him here in a, in a moment. But um, one guy who came into College Station on Friday but wasn't there for the actual pool party event is a guy who's gained a lot of steam over the course of the last couple of months, and that's quarterback Austin Novosad. Um, he is a Baylor commit, but you know it seems pretty clear that that, that the status of that commitment's a little bit in jeopardy. Um, tell me what you know about where his head at, where his head is, where he's headed, things like that. What, what's the status that, as far as you know on Austin Novosad? Yeah, just a, an interesting quarterback. Certainly the the fastest rising from a recruiting standpoint maybe in the country, right? Commits to Baylor in December, and then it's just kind of chill and quiet. Signing day goes by for the class ahead of him, and then boom, the offseason circuit gets here. Elite 11 Dallas, he rips it up. I was there. He was the most accurate quarterback there over Jackson Arnold. He actually, I don't think his accuracy gauntlet score got touched by another rising senior the rest of the camp circuit. So tangibly the most accurate camp uh, thrower uh, that the Elite 11 Tour uh, had. And then from that point, you just started hearing more and more about other schools being close. And then I think what late spring, as everyone's going by, checking out uh, quarterbacks, high school valuations, et cetera, boom, the offers start coming in uh, for him. And they never really slowed down. Ohio State, um, Notre Dame, um, a bunch of schools, excuse me, not Notre Dame, Ohio State, Notre Dame, Texas A&M, uh, a bunch of others jumped in. Georgia was the one that I, I shouldn't have brought up as an offer but it, there was some interest there to a degree after they lost out on Arch Manning so he became kind of that secondary quarterback target where it's like man we, we didn't get our guy but look at this guy um, and and he's warranted all of, of that rise uh, he's been committed to Baylor throughout he took the official in June he was just back in Waco over the weekend but he was also at AM, like you said and he was at Notre Dame before that so there was certainly 
still some work to be done to try to figure out just where he wants to play his college ball. And you could start to construct that argument for any one of those four schools. I mean, Ohio state is out now because they got Brock Glenn. Mm -hmm. They they did satisfy their quarterback need in 23. So it's a three team race. Notre Dame was, is the last school to offer. It felt at the time, like it could be too little too late, but he took the visit and he liked it. And he said, they're going to stay in the mix. But I think a lot of people expect this to be a Texas battle, right? He's a Texas kid. You know, Baylor versus AM. AM is where both of his parents went. His grandparents, I believe, still live in the area. There's a whole lot of personal pull for Novasad to end up in College Station, although he tells us those family members aren't necessarily pushing him because they do feel that he was a strong fit in Waco with the Baylor Bears. So I think this is a head versus heart type of decision, kind of a classic recruiting conundrum that a lot of kids go through, you know, where where they think it's settled and done. And then boom, it's it's not quite done just yet. Um, and, and now um, he wants to do something soon. You know, he, he checked in with me over the weekend and that is still his plan. How soon? Not sure. Um, obviously, three trips in a you know five or six day span is a lot to think about when they're the three schools that are, are still very much wanting you to, to eventually sign your name on the dotted line. So I, I think he's going to take his time. I don't think any of the three programs are going to move on to other players in terms of saying no thanks to Novosad there in the end. Uh, so I do think he's got that luxury to maybe take a little bit more time um, than others do, but he does also respect his high school at Dripping Springs. They, they're getting going right now in fall camp, and, and he obviously wants this potential distraction to be behind him. But on the other side of it, it's a pretty darn big decision oh, yeah. there at the end of the day. But, you know, there's been a combination, as you would expect. He's, he's been overwhelmed. He's been confused um, and he's had to redirect a few times here. But um, again, Baylor's had some staying power here. There's really no way to, to undersell that. Um, and then A&M's got a whole lot of familiarity behind it. So you would understand that move if that were his final decision there as well. So I think the only surprise would be if you pick Notre Dame in the end. And, and the Irish, by the way, just offered another quarterback this weekend. So maybe that's an indicator uh, that they expect Novosad to stay in Texas just like we do. There you go. So we know that Novosad is sort of the guy for A&M, um, but this weekend, you know, there was a, a pretty big surprise, or at least surprise to the general public and the general oh, fan yeah. base. Surprise. <laughs> Behind um, the scenes, in front of the scenes, no matter yeah. how you look at it. Big surprise. Yeah, so, uh, and what we're referring to is that, you know, five-star quarterback, one of the top couple of recruits in the entire class, Malachi Nelson out of California, who's been a USC commit since, you know, November or December of last year, I believe. Um, shows up in College Station for the uh, for the pool party this weekend, and he was uh, another guy who's committed to another pretty legitimate blue blood school. You know, maybe the ultimate blue blood school in Alabama. Tony Mitchell shows up for the A and M pool party the same weekend that Alabama is having a big event as well. Excuse me. And then we saw uh, earlier in the summer Zachariah Branch showed up in College Station for for a visit. Um, so, what does it mean? in terms of, you know, bigger picture recruiting, that A&M's getting these really high-profile guys who are already committed to these other Blue Blood programs to come for these visits and events in spite of these, in spite of these earlier commitments that these guys have had. This is the business of recruiting. Um, I, I think last year taught us so much about how things can change uh, in the recruiting game. And I think for for Tony Mitchell, he was committed to Tennessee back in the day. You know, now he's an Alabama commitment, and that was a tough battle between AM, Bama, and Georgia. You know, three, you know, SEC programs known for defense, you know, and he was really back and forth there 
at the end. So you understand that there's going to be some due diligence in trying to vet uh, whether or not he made the right decision the second time around. You think Malachi Nelson un understands that things can change? I mean, he was committed to Oklahoma with, with Lincoln Riley. Of course, he followed him to USC because he, you know, his coach basically came right to his backyard. So it kind of worked out logistically. But as a kid who was on board with Riley so early, what don't you get? You don't get that full experience. You know, you you really there's no other coaching staff beyond a Lincoln Riley coaching staff that has gotten a whole lot of time with him. Uh, so you combine that with the need that AM still has at the quarterback position. And I've heard other schools uh, feeling like they could get Nelson on campus. So uh, I think for AM to get that visit in particular, when the dead period was going to kick right back in and everybody was going to lock in for their for their football seasons. I think that says a lot because I know of at least one other SEC school that was like, we might get Malachi Nelson to come in this weekend. So I did have that on radar to a degree, just not to AM. Uh, so I do think that there was even a victory in getting that visit that weekend in particular. Um, so yeah, that, that's just the business of recruiting. You know, AM flipped and has had prospects flipped away from them this cycle and last. And that's that's just a part of it. So yeah, I, I don't think the days of Oh, he's committed. We we can't touch him anymore. I mean, th those are gone. It's it's a business, and it's about you know trying to be number one again. And if you have the even the capability of being a number one class, you're there's going to be some flips involved. So the, the the high moral folks uh, who say that it's wrong <laughs> or anything like that, it's this is not a conversation for you. This is a conversation for reality and 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 what college football is right now. And and I think there's a sense that from the kid perspective, from the prospect perspective, like. I have value, right? You know, you, you don't think Malachi Nelson knows how highly he's thought of beyond USC? Of course he does. So vetting that value, I think, is something that is intriguing. And obviously, when you're coming off the number one class in the country, there is a value you have presented to a lot of big time recruits. So why wouldn't you, you know, take a look if uh, the stars align and you can make the trip? That's that's what happened. And and AM got him on campus. Not a whole lot of information since. And I don't think Malachi is the type to to speak to 12 reporters now and talk about how great AM <laughs> was. But again, for him to even have taken the trip is a big deal. And I think you can apply all that same thing I just said to, to Zach Branch. Uh, same kind of deal, right? Uh, West Coast kid commits to USC is kind of done. Didn't take a ton of visits before that. Um, so still coveted. I mean, this might be the number one quarterback and number one receiver in the country when all is said and done. So yeah, they're, they're still going to field some phone calls during the process. It just kind of is what it is. And I think that reemphasizes just where we're at in, in the, um, the, I guess, self-awareness that these players have going through the process. And it's something that is, it's only going to go in that direction. It's not going to go right. the other way at any point. So if you, if you struggle with it as a, as a, as a college football fan, it's something you just need to get over and embrace. Yeah, and there's there's only a few times in these guys' lives where they're going to be like this universally pursued and feel this much like, you know, I guess pursue is probably the right word for it, where these yeah, many guys are, are calling and, and want like just want to be part of, want you to be part of what they're building. And you you got to have you got to take advantage of that opportunity, because like you said, if you especially for for a guy like Malachi, who really is essentially committed to Lincoln Riley, wherever Lincoln Riley was, he was going to commit there, right? Um, so it, it helps that it's, it's sort of in his backyard. But, you know, other than Lincoln Riley, he hasn't had a whole lot of exposure to what the college experience or the college football landscape looks like. Um, so an opportunity to, to come in and be a part of this huge visit, this huge event um, with all these other recruits within his class and in future classes and, and even some potential future teammates within the program, that's a big deal. And I don't think anybody 
um, with any sort of you know common sense or, or logical thought about it, we criticize the kid at all for taking a visit. Um, yeah, before I got I got one more note on him. He committed to Lincoln Riley at USC before Caleb Williams transferred to yeah. USC. So I think there's something to be said there. They know each other. They were both at the Elite Eleven together in LA. Um, but you know, who's to say Caleb doesn't say, man, I love college and now I'm going to spend the next three years here. That would be a situation where a Malachi Nelson says, look, that's not going to happen, but maybe it's possible. Yeah. Maybe Malachi is, is, is up on something like that and says, Hey, you know, that's not something that works for me in my timeline. I, I did a little bit of research. Uh, our rankings are coming out at SI next week. So I'm doing some research on number one quarterbacks. No number one quarterback has sat more than a year at the school he signs with before either transferring or getting handed the keys. Um, so yeah. in theory, with Caleb Williams, he's got to sit at least two years, if not more, before getting the keys. So maybe it's not something that has aligned with him um, because, again, that decision he made came in a month, two and a half, three months before Caleb Williams went through with his decision to um, to transfer to USC, even though to some it was the expectation. So that's something to consider as well. Awesome. Awesome. So before we get into the last the last segment of questions I have for John, I want to talk to you guys about BetOnline. BetOnline.net is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all of your betting needs. Find all your favorite sports and events at the number one source for odds, lines, and games. Find reviews and news of every league, including Major League Baseball, the NFL, NBA, the NHL, combat sports, esports, and even golf. BetOnline continues to be the top online resource for all your sports wagering information from live in-game betting, scores, and podcasts. They have you covered. Head to BetOnline today or use your mobile device to learn more about the action happening today. BetOnline, where the game starts. So, John, we're going to kind of zoom out a little bit and just talk about this A&M class you know, as a whole so far. Um, and then sort of where we see it going over the course of the next few months between now and signing day. Um, what do you think the upside for this class is? And uh, do you see, are there any commitments you see coming over the course of the next couple of weeks? You mentioned with Austin Novosad about how these guys, a lot of them have respect for their schools. They want to get these commitments done and out of the way so they can really lock in for their senior football season. Um, tell me about any guys you, you, you can see coming over the course of the next week to 10 days or so. Well, yeah, Novosad's certainly the first one uh, that comes to mind because it's just a matter of when he's going to do it. Um, I think that he's, you know, there's no more visits. I don't even think there's possible, you know, visit windows for him if, unless he stretches it all the way to September, which which really nobody sees happening. So I do think that clarity one way or the other for AM will, you know, will come here uh, pretty darn soon. So I think that's, that's certainly a, a name to focus on. I think TJ Shanahan's another name that I would keep, you know, close to, to the vest there. Austin Westlake kid, which is, you know, optically interesting, right? A kid in Texas's backyard, <laughs> although he, you know, he grew up in Florida. We all know that at this point. Um, yeah, AM's really, you know, secured some momentum there. So I think, you know, there's already some strong foundation in that offensive line class. And I think they could continue to push for more volume on the front end offensively uh, with that position group. So I think that will be another potential big need uh, being addressed in the near future. And then if you're if you're an AM fan, you're you're curious about wide receiver. I think that's the position where you have zero commitments at the position right now, and you're wondering just who's going to kickstart it. You know, who's going to be the guy that that gives us some juice and, and makes other guys say, "Hey, you know, 
that kid's pretty good. And he went to AM. You know, I, I think there are a couple of decisions coming up. You know, Shelton Sampson from Louisiana. I think he's got AM in his final group. He's committing here in the next week or two. Uh, there's a couple others that are probably rounding third in their recruitment, looking to make a decision again sometime this month before their high school football senior season kicks off. Uh, so I think wide receiver is another position where I'd keep a an interesting eye on because, you know, that's one that optically I think is one to worry about, not just now, but throughout the entire course of the 2023 cycle awesome awesome and one one guy who showed up in college station this weekend that was interesting to me so we zoom out a little bit more big picture on the a&m class is johnny bowen showed back up in college station after uh you know decommitting from a&m earlier earlier in the spring or early summer and, and you know sort of that's always interesting to me when a guy decommits you sort of think they always say you know i'm I always have love for this school, you know, where right. the relationship's not broken. But you know, once you decommit, you sort of assume like, OK, that school's kind of out or they would still stay. They would stay committed until they knew for sure. Uh, but Johnny Bowen showed back up. Tell, tell me a little bit about, you know, what that might mean. Um, any, anything you might know about that situation. When when a recruit decommits and this is, you know, 12 years of of doing this, when a recruit decommits, like you said, you know, you say the right things always. But that school's never in it, right? For, yeah. It's like 99% of the time that school is all the way out. And oftentimes you've already got the next school in mind, right? Those mm -hmm. are the flips that we were talking about earlier. But I think when when a kid decommits and starts taking visits and con continue to consider the school he decommitted from, it's a sign of elite level recruiting. I know last year flipped everybody's script in terms of viewing AM as one of those kind of schools. But I think this is another way to do that. Um, you you can't you have to have this not robotic, but you have to have this procedural kind of mind to recruit these people, regardless of the status that they put on Twitter and regardless of, of you know, who's trending for them and any of that stuff. So in that regard, from an organizational standpoint, like you said, zooming out. Yeah. You know, Bowen's a guy that, that should continue to be recruited because they like him. <laughs> He's high on the board. So you just continue to recruit that guy, even though, again, optically, social media, you know, story wise, all that crystal balls, all that fun stuff will say, hell no, that's not going to happen. Yeah. You know, you have to look at it from from that high level. And I think the programs that do that, you you know them, right? It's A&M, it's Georgia, it's Bama. Um, Ohio State has done it. I, I've seen in the past. Th those are the blue bloods. In recruiting, those those are the best programs that that do this. Uh, so I think it's another you know kind of mini indicator of hey, this is this is big boy recruiting. You know, even kids who who decommit are still on the table uh, for a school like Texas A and M. It's it's a great sign. It's a tough road, but it's a great <laughs> sign because you're obviously not going to get all those guys. But it you know it right. does happen every now and then. Absolutely. Thank you, John, so much for joining us. Tell our listeners where they can find your writing, where they can follow you on social media, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, absolutely. SI.com slash college is the easiest way to, to find us or social media. Just my name, John Garcia underscore JR or at SI All American on all social platforms. Awesome. Again, John, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Joey Ikes, and you can read my writing about all things Texas A&M at aggieswire.usatoday.com. You can follow the show at Locked on Aggies. And please subscribe to the show on your podcast platform of choice and check out our YouTube channel, Locked on Aggies as well. Like, comment, share, subscribe, all the YouTube things. And get more on the SEC by making Locked on SEC your second listen. Everyday host Chris Gordy and the local experts of Locked on take you across the SEC in 30 minutes. 
I know John makes some appearances over there with Chris as well. Get a little bigger picture SEC picture of recruiting. Make Locked On SEC your second listen. That's Locked On SEC.